Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Is uh, faith without works is dead. And also, last week, we started with, a, with a hearing God's voice, in a way. And this week, we want to talk about, really, can we know or how can we know for sure God's voice. How can we know for sure? Because that's what that's, that's what I think I think we, we want to know that. Is that correct? We want to we want to have for surety. We want to hear God. Well, I told you that we might talk a little bit about uh, the things I taught my life group, and I, I'll do that in a few minutes. But first of all, we said that having faith is actually um, is knowing God. And believing, trusting in him, is really honoring him, is really uh, worshiping him as our first joy. And we said that faith really glorifies God. Faith glorifies God. We also said that we, we should have faith in God, but how can you have faith in in someone that you really don't know that well. Now, all of us will say we know God to a certain extent, but we know that in Colossians it tells us that we need to increase in our knowledge of God so we don't know him as well as we should. And we talked about that last week. So this week we want to go just a little bit further in giving you seven ways that I have found that helps me, and, and it helps the elders also. Now, I taught this in the congregation before, and I'll just review some of it. Not, I won't teach it like I taught in the home group. I won't teach it like I taught it uh, in the last uh, time I taught it in service, but I will teach it a little bit more in detail in some points, and some points I will not. Well, the first thing is, in really knowing that I'm hearing from God because I want to know, I want to know that I'm hearing from God. Can I really know? Can I really know that I'm hearing from God and I never make a mistake? Well, I say that no, I won't know God that much but I will increase my knowledge of God. And so I will miss him less and less and less. So we're not talking about giving you some way that you'll never miss God. <laughs> I'm not saying that because there's a learning experience even when you miss God. God will teach us and will guide us just like while our uh, biological children, they miss us sometimes. They miss doing what we ask them to do, but we still love them, we still guide them, we still work with them, even in their mistakes. God does the same thing. But we want to give you some way that you can not miss him most of the time, though. We don't want to miss God most of the time because that's, that's unhealthy uh, for you, it's unhealthy for your family. So the very first thing is that 
really, we have to know how and who is speaking. Because if you don't know that, you're going to end up in a situation where you think you're hearing and you're really not hearing. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. Let's start there. It it, it starts explaining to us what I believe God will have for us in a starting point. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers, so we're talking about him speaking a long time ago. We're talking about Old Testament time. We're talking about whether it be uh, Adam, whether it be uh, Abram, whether it be Moses, whether it be just talking about all the fathers, Isaac, Jacob, long ago in the prophets in many portions and in many ways. So we're talking about Old Testament, aren't we? In many portions and in many ways. So God spoke to the people periodically through the prophets, through the men and women of God. And what he did was it, it was not total. It was partial. It was, it was a little here, a little there, this, there. And he did it in many ways, whether it be the law, whether it be uh, in visions, dreams, whether it be uh, orally. He spoke to them. Now, verse 2 is what we want to concentrate on. In these last days has spoken to us in his Son. We're talking about Jesus Christ. We're talking about the gospel dispensation. We're talking about Jesus Christ has already come. He's already rose again. He's seated at the right hand of God. He said that he is speaking to us now in his Son. Whom he appointed heir of all things. So that means that he's not heir of some things. He's heir of all things. Through whom also he made the world. So there's nothing that is made that was not made through Jesus Christ. He was, he was the agent of, of that. And also the Holy Spirit was there. So we have the Trinity. They are working together and creating everything. So I don't have to, if I'm going to hear God's voice, I don't have to say, I need me, send for me a prophet. Send for me somebody who I can tell uh, what I'm going through, and he can or she can tell me what God is saying. No, no. No. Before, he might speak through Jeremiah. He might speak through uh, Jonah, he might speak through those speaking to his people or speaking to people. No, we don't have to do that. We have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. He speaks to us. Jesus Christ speaks to us. It's about Jesus. It's not about a person. Now, it tells us that people do prophesy. In part. And 
we're not to despise prophecy and prophesy so that we know that's a gift, whether it be in the Romans, whether it be in 1 Corinthians. So we know we have gifts, but we're not looking for a word from somebody. We're looking for a word from, a, a word from Jesus Christ. That's what we're looking for. See, we needed to start there because if you don't know that God is speaking through Jesus, then we can miss it altogether because we are waiting for somebody. What is God saying? What is God saying? Let me go see. Uh, uh, let me chase over here to see what God. Let me go over here to see what God is saying. No, you can hear what God is saying in your automobile. You can hear what God is saying. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So we know we're talking about, who's that? Jesus. Another name for Jesus is the Word of God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Doesn't that give us confidence that we are, when we go before Jesus, our high priest, we are going before someone who knows everything. Nothing came into being without him that whatever we are going through, he can speak. And he wants us to hear. Verse 14. And the word became flesh. Who is it talking about? Jesus. And dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Woo, my goodness. Full of grace and truth. When we hear God's voice, it's going to be a voice of grace, of truth. You're not going to hear a voice of of condemnation and putting you down when you go before Jesus Christ and he's going to make you feel bad and feel like a, a little worm. He's not going to make you feel like that. And so you need to know that when you are going before God because he speaks and you don't want to be hearing another voice that will say, oh, you know, you don't need to. Why are you before me? Get up. Don't even come before me. You, you know, you did this, you did that, and, and I don't even want to see your face. That is not Jesus Christ. Jesus is full of grace and full of truth. Matter of fact, <laughs> in James, you remember it said that if anyone likes wisdom when he's going through things, that he needs to ask God and God who gives liberally and he doesn't find fault. He doesn't find fault. 
So when you come before God, our Lord and Savior, he's not going to find fault in you. He's not. You say, wait a minute now. Uh, he's not going to even uh, convict me of anything? Oh, the Holy Spirit, yeah, he will convict you. <laughs> oh, yeah, he will uh, he would do that, but it's going to be so sweet. And, you know, you're going, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I, it's not going to be a put down. It's just going to be plain and simple like it is. You missed the mark. Yeah. Let's go a little bit further. Full of grace, full of truth. It says in another place, it says that sanctify them in your truth. So, how are we going to be set apart to Jesus Christ? From the world and to Jesus Christ. How are we going to be set apart? In John 17, the Gospel of John 17, 17, it says, sanctify them. That means to set apart from the world to Christ. Sanctify them in your truth. What's truth? What's true? <laughs> it continues to say, your word is truth. He doesn't leave anything for just, uh, I don't know what he means. Oh, no. No, no, no. The word of God convicts us. If it were not for the word of God, we wouldn't be convicted of anything. So that's why we need to read the word of God. It says in another place about the Spirit of God is that when he, the Spirit of truth, oh, the Spirit of what? The Spirit of truth. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about John 16, 13. The Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. Woo. So you can rest assured that you can hear God's voice because he's going to be speaking by the Holy Spirit. He's going to be speaking by the word of God. And you will know because you know the truth. And you remember we talked about that last week is that if you don't know the truth, that means that you haven't studied your word. You haven't studied your Bible. Because the Bible has truth in it. And you can't read it one time like a novel. You have to get in that and, and, and dig and dig and dig and meditate and meditate and let the Holy Spirit bring to you those things that he wants to share with you. Let's go to... Now that you know how he speaks, you, are you listening for the voice of the world? No. What, how different is the voice of the world going to be from the voice of Jesus Christ or the voice of the Holy Spirit? Hmm? How different is our voice going to be from the voice of Jesus and the voice of the Holy Spirit. How different 
is the voice of unclean spirits, demons. How different is their voice going to be from the voice of the Holy Spirit and of Jesus? Because all these voices speak. You remember he told Peter, what did he say? Get, come on, behind me, Satan. Why did he say that? Because he knew that he was speaking something that was not truth. It was not from his father. And he knew that it's something that the enemy would want him to do. Not go to the cross. Now we also know that people can be used by the enemy. Good meaning people. Friends. Meaning very well. But you're going to have to know the difference between their voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of Jesus. The only way you're going to know that is that you know this word so good and you're so in tune with the Spirit of God that it's like, I've told you many times before, it's like a sifter. It's like a strainer. It's like, uh, I guess, I shouldn't tell you this, but I'll tell you anyway. Uh, when I was growing up, my mother worked two jobs. No, she worked one job, but she had to go to work at 7 in the morning. And I was uh, in elementary school, and so she let me uh, live with my aunt, who lived across the street from the elementary school across town. And so my father worked two jobs. And so my aunt made what is was called, I don't know what they call it now, but it, called, called, it was called home brew, brew, I guess brew, like that beer. That, that, like it, it was called, it, it's, it's illegal liquor. That's what it is. Moonshine. <laughs> but but it, it, was, it was home brew. As, you know, it was, she brewed it at home. Well, you know, through, you know, all this stuff. It had, it had this big glass container sitting in the, and then we had a shotgun. Uh, it was duplex. Had a shotgun kind of house. You go in the house's living room, the, where we slept at in the wooden stove, and then then the kitchen. Then you go outdoors, and to the left is the bathroom. There didn't have any heat in it, and and the chickens were out, out back. Uh, so uh, that's what she did. And, and and she had a had a cloth over it. And you know when you pour it out, you had to strain it. Had a strain thing. And I, I know some of you know what I'm talking about. You're not as good a good two shooter as you think you are. So <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, you have to strain things. Uh, we know the flour sometimes you, you have a sifter. That's what our mind has to be. It has to have this word of God in it. And that if anything comes, anything comes that's against that word. It catches the, stra- the strainer, the, the sifter catches it, and it can't go through. That's what, how you tell. Because you remember, uh, Satan will use scripture. He'll use scripture 
Has not God said? Right? He, he used scripture, but he used it out of context. Why don't you throw yourself off the, off the, 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 the temple? You know, why, why don't you throw yourself off there? He, you know, he did say he'll give his angels charge over you, and he'll uh, bear you up in his, in, his, in his wings as you dash your foot against the stone. Yeah, the, the word says that, but the word also said, don't tempt God. So you got to know the word. That's how you know the difference in the voices. And our own self I'm getting ahead of myself. I, I, I'll get that a little later. Let me go through the first. I've got seven things. Let me go through the first one. It's in your bulletin, so you don't have to write it down. It's in your bulletin. If you turn over to the back, I have seven things that are there. You should see it. Is that correct? You see it? Seven things. Okay, the first thing is that it needs to line up with the Word of God. It needs to line up with the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it, 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 it's not God. You're not hearing God. Simple, plain. That's it, period. That's the first one. Uh, our second pastor at this church, and, and matter of fact, we changed the name to Cornerstone when the second pastor came. He gave us what he called the harbor light principle. And so the first three are what he taught us back years, years, years ago. Uh, and he said the harbor light principle is that when the ships come in, they have to line up with those three lights. And the three lights should look like one light because if you go in and look, you see three, that means you're going in uh, crooked. And so you've got to line up uh, so that all the lights look like one light. Well, uh, that was great. And so what I wanted to do, because I have seen over my almost 30 years, going on 30 years, this year in 2015, it'll be 30 years, basically, I've been in, in, in the church in I've seen so many people really say, well, God has said, you know, uh, God, uh, uh, God is, is doing this. God has, um, he sent me here. God has now uh, set my time up. I've heard so many things. I mean, I've heard so many things over these 30 years. And I tell you, uh, you, you see people almost shipwrecked their families, shipwrecked their lives. And you say, well, God has got to be some way to help people. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people. So I added to this thing because, to the Hobbelite principle, because I thought uh, it was not uh, what God has given me. So anyway, I changed it to like the airline, airplane landing principle. Uh, Changed it to that. Then I changed it to uh, just making decisions, uh, guidelines on making decisions or how to hear God's voice uh, better. So that's what the seven principles are for. But the principles are nothing if you don't have Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus Christ, that he is all of them. Simple as that. He's all of them. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the way. So he's the one we're, we're listening for. He's the one who's speaking. He is the word. So the first one, of course, Got, got to line up with the scripture. Second one is that it's, it's a tricky one. It says basically, the, I didn't put it on a on the paper like this, but but uh, shorten it. But anyway, it's the Holy Spirit's witnessing with our spirit. That's what it is. People would say probably, I feel a peace about it. That that's how how they would probably uh, narrow that down. Now, that's tricky, and I'm not going to elaborate on that one because 
really, without the others, that's going to mess you up. It'll mess you up. Uh, Because my own desire that I would have to do certain things uh, will, will, I can feel a peace about things I like to do or want to do. And it doesn't have to be God, but I feel a peace about it. And I think, well, uh, and it might not be in the word of God. So it doesn't disagree with the word of God, and I feel a peace about it. So if I leave it like that, I don't have anything. I can still miss God more than I hit him. Uh, the third one is of that harbor-like principle. Or the third one is, is basically that pass it by godly counsel. Pass it by godly counsel. Just about every Christian, every Christian, everyone does those three things. There's a Christian, just about. And the ones who don't, they flat out usually, uh, they're miss, missing God, and they know they're missing God because they're disobedient to the word of God. But basically, uh, most people do those three. And that's why I needed to expand on it because I said, People can pass about godly counsel. Godly counsel, who's godly counsel? Godly counsel can be your aunt, your uncle, your, your best friend who's a Christian. It can be um, uh, whoever. And you remember, <laughs> Real Born passed it by his, uh, uh, some, his, his godly counsel, the people who grew up with him, and what happened to him? Oh, uh, he just missed God. He just missed God. He felt a peace about it. Yeah, <laughs> there's three of them. Okay, the fourth one is having an up-to-date, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, now, now, now I didn't put all that on the paper, but it, it, that's what it means. Having an up-to-date, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, what do I mean? I mean that you don't have one of these things that, that you, you connect with God on the fly. Only. It's good to connect with God on the fly, uh, on, the, on the jump, on the ride, or everywhere. Connect with God all the time. But if that's the only thing you're doing, that's not going to cut it. It doesn't cut it when parents, you know what I'm talking about. If you're old enough and you have children away at college, you have uh, children who are grown, maybe something like that. And uh, they, 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 they call you and you say, uh, come on, what do you say? What do you need now? I, kn- I knew you knew it. <laughs> I knew you knew it. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, because <laughs> that's the only time they're going to come to you when they need something. No. Why don't you just call me and see how I'm doing? No, don't just call me when you need something. But that, isn't that sometimes what we do with God? We go to him when we need something. We get serious. When we need something. No, that's not an up-to-date intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. No. Parents want a relationship that, 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 that you, you know, y'all are, y'all are tight all the time. Right. So, I'm not going to elaborate on that one either because we, we know what it is. That's how many? Four. Okay. I'm going to skip over five and six and go to seven. But... You can't go to seven without, without five, but I'm going to come back to five. Uh, seven is prayer support. 
Okay, prayer partner. That's what it is, prayer partner. But you can't do that without without uh, five because it's okay to ask somebody, hey, uh, would you pray? I got to make a decision. Would you uh, about something? Would you pray? Uh, did, did I hear from God? Yeah. yeah, that's fine. You need somebody who you can trust, who God put you in a relationship with, and you can say, hey, I'm going through this right here. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling bad. You know, this this going right here. I need prayer. And they will labor in prayer for you. And they're not going to call Sister Sue and say, hey, I want you to pray for the pastor because he's going through depression and like that. And, I, and it's just a prayer request now. It's just a prayer. Keep it under your hat. Oh, my goodness. Keep it under your hat. Everybody got it under their hat, you know. <laughs> no, you, you don't want to trust nobody like that. There's got to be somebody that's going to keep confidentialities, right? Yeah. But if you can't tell anybody anything, then you don't have a prayer partner, really. I mean, you have somebody that'll pray for you, but it's general prayers. General prayers. I need somebody praying specific prayers for me. Yeah. Okay, now, that's five. Now let's go back to... Uh, actually, the fifth one, because that was seven. Let's go back to the fifth one. And in the, in the fifth one, I, I changed it around a little bit. I used to teach uh, submission as the next one, and then humility as six, prayer seven. But I switched it around because I was reminded, I believe by the Spirit of God, that you're not going to be in submission unless you are humble. Simple, plain. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so, that's important. Woo! It is important. My goodness gracious, it's important. What I want you to do, uh, let's go to Peter, 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse 5. And let's read a, a couple things before I bring my guest up. And it, it says here, You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you, that means elders, every single person in the church, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You remember we say God is a God of grace and truth. But a prideful person is opposite a person of humility. A person of humility uh, has, a, has a right opinion about themselves. A right opinion about themselves before God is that I'm not better than anybody else. I'm just like other people. You see, I'm just like other people. Let's, let's, let's turn to Galatians chapter 6. Let's look there. Just for a little bit. This is, oh, this is, oh, this is so important. Most people miss this. I mean, they miss, they miss five and six. They miss five and six. Okay. And in verse one of chapters, Galatians chapter six, verse one. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one look into yourself so that you will, too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burden, 
therefore fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, verse 3. Oh, there's, there's, oh my goodness gracious. Let's read that together. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Now, that's the word of God speaking now. God saying that if, if I think I'm something, really and I'm nothing, then I'm deceiving myself. I'm just like everybody else. Compared to Jesus Christ, what am I? I'm just dust. I'm just a mist. I'm just here. Uh, if it's 120 years, what's 120 years to eternity? It's not. Can't, can't com- compare, you see. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let's look there. Real quick. Oh, this is so important. So important. Verse 18, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks that he is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. Oh. See, sometimes we think because we, we have knowledge, we have some wisdom, world's wisdom, that we think we are something. But God said, no, 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 no. You, you, need, you, need to, <laughs> you need to become foolish in those things, and then you become wise in the spiritual wisdom, the heavenly wisdom, the wisdom that's from him. God is good, isn't he? My goodness, he's good. Turn to Proverbs. Let's go to this one. Uh, my goodness, great. Proverbs 16, 18. Now, in Proverbs 16, 18, this is, this is a good one. It says... Pride goes before the before destruction, and a halter spirit before stumbling. Do you believe that? And 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 it was enough for me to know that God resists the proud, and gives grace to the humble. That's enough. That's enough for me because that means how can I hear someone when I'm seeking him when he's resisting me? How can I really hear from him? See, if I'm prideful, I know I'm going to miss God more than I'm going to hit him because God is resisting me. And before the fall comes pride. My God. Eight, verse, chapter 18, Proverbs 18. Let's look there. My goodness gracious. Verse 12. Before destruction... Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. You know, he thinks he's something. Can't tell him nothing. Can't tell him nothing. But humility goes before honor. How many of us want honor? Woo, yes, I want honor. Am I the only one? (laughs) Well, we need to be humble. Uh, John, come on up for me, please. Elder John, come on up. Ask Elder, come, Elder John to come up. Because I can tell you these things. And I told you last week, I said, hey, Elders, I mean, you know, uh, we, we work this thing out. We do this thing. And let's, um, I want you to share a little bit about it. Um, is that okay with you, Debbie? Okay. He was going to do it anyway. Just, just ask, just to be nice. <laughs> No, you, you got permission. I know you got permission. I know you're henpecked, brother. Okay, now, uh, <laughs> now, now, 
we walked this thing out, John. We walked this thing out. So, see, John, what, what he's done is that he has some instances. He has about two instances he wants to share with you uh, how this thing works. And, and see, I, I've given you, it's got to agree with the word of God. I have to give you that, right? It's got to agree with the word of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit, which is with your spirit, right? Give that. Pass it by godly counsel, right? And that you need an intimate relationship up to date with Jesus Christ. Got to be humble, right? And the seventh one, prayer partner. Six. This is six. Most people miss six. You said, how many do most people miss? They, mo- most people get the first three right. They get the first three right. But the rest of them, a lot of times, we miss it. And, and we just, therefore miss God more than we should. Okay, now, uh, we're on number, number six now. And that's submission to those God has put over you. Now, let's say, let's say somebody like, like you, Rachel. Uh, you know, I, you're not asleep on my Okay. Uh, I want to ask you what I said because, you know, I like you. Okay. So, okay, so you're, you're a teenager. How old are you? 18, okay, 18, you can go to war, yeah, 18, okay, so, <laughs> okay, but it'll be unwise for you to make important decisions without going to those who God has placed you in submission to. That means your father and your mother, you'll be unwise, and you'll miss God more than you should. Because they have your best interests at stake. Right? Yeah. Now, that, that goes for entertain. Now, like young adults, I have three young adults, uh, girls, and that they don't make important decisions without passing it by my wife and myself. Now, they're grown. Two of them uh, have their own places, and, and, and uh, the third one is, you know, in the process of, of, of doing something, but uh, they don't do that. They don't do that. Because they value submission. Not only are we their parents, but I'm their pastor. So therefore, you know, that's it. Now, I don't care how old you are. And I came into Christianity, I said, about 30 uh, years ago into this church, and I was not saved when I came to the church. So therefore, I was in my 30s. And I still passed things by my pastor because he had the spiritual authority over me. I, the pastors don't know everything. Matter of fact, they don't know a lot of things. I don't know a lot of things. If you ask them about carpentry, I have no clue. You ask them about electricity, no clue. You ask them about mechanical, no clue. You ask them about a lot of things, no clue. But you ask me something spiritual, now that's what God has called me to do. So most people don't ever pass things by. You, as an elder, um, Elder Sam, or me, most people don't. When they come to us, what do they come to us with? God has said. What, what do we say? When they say God has said, we say, okay. What am, who am I to say? He hasn't said. You already said. He said, so, I mean, you coming, why are you coming? Just to let you know what God has said. That, suppose 
Suppose Sarah did you like that. Now, Sarah is older than, than Sarah's about, what, 19? 20. Suppose Sarah, Sarah did that. She didn't, she, just as she didn't confer with you or Beth on nothing because she's grown. She's grown. Do you know she's going to miss God more than she should? Because you are her authority that God has placed her under. Isn't it? You're her pastor at home, aren't you? Yeah. See, that, that, that's how it works. Tell us, tell us, Elder. John, tell, tell us how, how it has worked. Because uh, John passed some things by me. And, hey, by the way, we don't want to be God for anybody. You, you understand? That would be stupid. They say, hey, <laughs> you know, hey, you pass things by us. You remember the old shepherding movement? Well, well you know, uh, hey, I want to buy uh, uh, this iPhone or pass it by the elders. Man, that's stupid. You don't pass nothing by. Y'all don't care what you buy. You know, uh, but, but something that's going to affect your family, and you come to me and say, hey, uh, I, I, I stepped out on this, I didn't ask you, but now we're bankrupt. Why didn't you say something, man? Why didn't you talk to us? You see, something serious, talk to us. Okay, now tell us about the situation about you. Yeah, um, I told you a couple weeks ago about my basement project. Hold it. Don't start there. Oh, start. Start way back when, when, when you were... Uh, Sad, you were depressed, you were moaning, you were complaining, you. Okay. and you came to me year after year. <laughs> Start there. We got plenty of time. There's nowhere to go. There ain't nowhere to go, man. He's referring to my teaching in the public school system. <laughs> um, I taught there for seven years, and my gift is teaching. I love to teach. I don't care what I teach. I teach the Bible. I'll teach you how to hammer a nail. I teach rock climbing. I just love to teach. But um, so I was teaching math because uh, I'm good at it and I like it. And uh, it was a good job. And when I was there, um, it was difficult being with uh, that age group for me in a public school environment. And I didn't know that really until I got there. And so um, I don't like confrontation. And I don't like. Uh, I just don't like being cursed at, and uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But anyway, after I gave it a try, after a number of years, I, I was praying to leave, and um, probably after the first year, but <laughs> eventually, uh, I don't know, the third year, I may have asked Pastor Willie and told him, uh, you know, I really didn't think this was a good job, and this, this is just not my niche, and I really want to get out of this thing, and um, I don't remember exactly what, what you said, but uh, it was probably, you know, we'll hang in there, or not yet, or I'll pray for you, that kind of a thing. Um, but as the years went on, um, it just, you know that scripture where it said, um, Lot's righteous soul was vexed every day? Okay, well, he was living, living in Sodom. Okay, why was his righteous soul vexed every day? Because he is a man of, he was a, he was righteous, living in all this sin, and so I felt like that. And again, I had a great job. Uh, the students were fine. The administration was great. This is nothing on anybody. Okay, this is all on me. It has nothing to do with the school system, really. It's more of, of what, what I'm bent to. But I just felt like that, and it was just pressing me down. And 
I was just being, I felt oppressed. And uh, I was losing my joy. And um, it was just difficult. And even to the point where I had to learn how to uh, count it all joy. And I had to fight. I had to fight every single morning to go to, to go to work. I had to wake up. If I did not praise and pray, I wouldn't make it. It was just that difficult. And, um, and I would go, and I got the victory when I was there. I prayed for those kids. I did hall duty. I stretched out my hand. I prayed for every student that walked by me. When my students were taking SOL tests, I prayed for them for an hour and a half while they were taking their tests. I prayed for their salvation. I prayed for their parents. I prayed for their brothers and sisters. I got involved with FCA. I, I shared the gospel with those kids. I mean, I wasn't just there whining and complaining. I got the victory, but I paid a price. I paid a big price for it. And um, so finally, after the uh, seventh year, I knew I, I just I couldn't take it anymore. I needed to go. And I talked to pastor again and um, I said, I, I need to go. I'm, I'm praying about this. I've been praying about this for years. You know this. And, uh, you know, I found another job offer. Um, but, you know, what do you think? And uh, this was, we had been talking about this, but particularly the day before I put in my resignation, I was on the, my cell phone with him in my classroom talking to him, just getting his input. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to pray for you. I said, look, I'm, I'm about to put in my resignation, okay? This is big. I don't really have a job yet, but I've, this, this looks pretty promising. And um, it turned out that... Uh, he was praying for me, and, and uh, I did quit. I put in my resignation. And the job that I was offered, it was a legit, legitimate offer. I, wouldn't, I would never have done this. Um, it fell through uh, because there was an enrollment in this other school where I was going to go to, so they couldn't offer me a position. But by then, I had quit my job. And, uh, and just to tell you how the story finished, I don't know, a couple of weeks later, I just felt led to... Uh, call another local college here in town. I called them up on the phone. Their math teacher had just quit. In fact, they had a bunch of students that were promised a math teacher in a math class that fell through. So this, this group was desperately in need of a math teacher. And so I got hired on immediately at this place. And soon God, God provided and God took care of me. But um, the decision... Even though I was in pain literally for seven years, um, I, I actually uh, I couldn't even function here. I, I basically told him I can't do anything here right now. I said, the only thing I can do is keep my family going. And that's what I did. And I... Uh, <laughs> But God brought me through it. But still, even with that pain, I'm not going to do something that's wrong if it's going to ruin my family. Just because life is hard. <laughs> welcome to the welcome to living in a fallen world. I mean, what where's the surprise in all that? And uh, and that's what pastors trying pastors trying to do everyone a big favor here by sharing these principles. He's been sharing, he's been harping on these. He's been 
He's been encouraging us for years as a leadership team. You know, he's up to 70 now. <laughs> so, I'm kidding, but uh, there's a really good reason that he's doing this. It's so He cares so much for you. He cares so much for your family that He doesn't want you to go down the wrong path and make a, a foolish mistake. Even if it hurts, He's willing to beg and plead, and I am too, and we are, and we will, um, to follow these principles because they work. They're from God. That's a little easier. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the basement project, um, you know, how do you finance it? You know, it probably costs ten, fifteen thousand dollars to do my basement. I do most of my work myself. And uh, so I saw, I got some in the mail. I don't really have the money to do my basement, so I've been wanting to do it for years now and, and just been praying about it. And God's been patience, 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 patience. Uh, and I'm glad I have had patience because if I had rushed into it, I may have done something really stupid. Um, but just waiting, 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 because God gave me a word. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So it's like, OK, the Holy Spirit had to restrain me several a number of times from pushing, rushing into this project and just doing it, you know, just doing it on my own. And um, so I got this ad in the, this thing in the mail from the bank saying they give uh, equity lines and. And so it said it was free and you didn't even have to use it. And so I started thinking about it. Well, you know, maybe I could maybe I could get this equity line just as a safety net. You know, we have international students that stay with us and, you know, they pay room and board and things like that. So I was thinking, well, if I get this equity line and we have our international students, you know, and uh, maybe God will just provide that way. And the equity line will be a safety net. But I just didn't want to do it. You know, I talked to Debbie, my wife, and of course I talked to her and, and we pray about it. But I, I emailed the elders I, um, and let, I just told them what I wanted to do. I said, here's how much the job's going to cost. Here's how much the equity line is. Here's the amount of income I think we can make. And, you know, here's what we have. Here's what we don't have. And, um, you know, I try to calculate the whole scenario out as best as I could. Um, but again, I didn't want to... Just push my way through it. Um, I just wanted to give the elders, God, one more chance to speak with me. If this is not the right time, I'll wait another year. That's fine. And so I emailed uh, Elder Sam. This was just recently. And I emailed Pastor Roy and, and said, hey, pray for me and give me some wisdom. Let me know what's, if you get anything. And so then I just you know, waited on them, really. And... Uh, you know, Sam shared something with me about he didn't think in general he installed didn't don't like the idea of uh, going into debt with an equity line, which is always good wisdom. And Pastor um, just started praying and uh, just told me later that he didn't really have any flags about me doing it, um, and so I'm doing it, which I announced to you. Two weeks ago, <laughs> uh, because it's not by my might nor by my power, but I want to hear from God, and I know what the Bible says, 
And I know my impulses. And if I follow my impulses, I can... I, you want to shipwreck a family of four or a family of two or a family of six? I mean, that'd be terrible to do something really foolish and be bankrupt or have declared bankruptcy or whatever uh, two or three years down the road. I mean, that's not what I want for my family. Um, so, you know, I, I ran it by them. I didn't have to run it by them. They don't force me to run anything by them. But I know... I know what Pastor Willie teaches, and it's it's not him. It's the word, it's what the Scripture says to do. You know, the multitude of counselors there is safety, right, or wisdom. So um, he asked me to come up and share that with you because this was only a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, whatever it was. This is this is. I mean, we do this. My family, we do this stuff, and I just I want God's blessing on whatever I put my hand to, and I know you do too. Let's stand. That's what we do. That's how we do it. And again, nobody wants to be God. Nobody wants to try to uh, lead anybody's life. That's that's not it. Uh, we just want to want to be a team. Uh, that's what we try to do: be a team. And uh, we want to uh, encourage you to be a part of that also, uh, because nobody can make you do anything anyway. Uh, matter of fact, uh, John, he didn't pass it just by us. He has a, a godly friend, um, I think it's Ken over in Grace Evangelist, Tom Staver, who, who, who mentored Paul Spansky. So he passed it by godly counsel. So he followed the steps. But then he's humble enough to know that I'm going to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. And let me pass it by the elders and see what they feel because uh, we're in a relationship together and that's one thing that you very seldom see and my mentor taught me is that um, you know if if those who were in authority over him he was in a relationship with if they said no he's, he's not going to do it uh, if they said yes even though he doesn't want to do it he'll do it and that's what I told you happened in his last church plant that he didn't want to plant this church, and they felt he needed to plant another one uh, because he got a prophetic word, and he he didn't go on a prophetic word. Only he just went to them and said, "Look, look, man, what do you think I should do? Uh, because uh, this might not be God." They said, "I believe it's God," and he had just built a uh, a condominium in Durham, Chapel Hill, really, and he had to sell that and go to Columbia. And he built a home there, and he's been there ever since. And he started the church and turned it over to the person who was here, Jim McCurrence. So this is real stuff. It's not just uh, hypothetical stuff. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.